Hello everyone, this is Jamie, and um, we're going to jump into our second summary session of Ecclesiastes. Today we'll be taking a look at a pretty big chunk out of Ecclesiastes. We'll be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 12, um, all the way through chapter 2, which would be two, chapter 2, verse 26. And um, as we take a look at this, we're going to do it in... in uh, break it down into a few chunks of scripture, and I will give you an opportunity as we do that to um, to pause, to hit pause for a moment, and read those passages of scripture. I think that would be more beneficial for you than reading the entire chunks at once. Um, we looked at quite a few things last Wednesday night um, in this passage. Some of it got a little technical. I probably won't get into all the details of that, and we'll glean over kind of the what we can come away from um, this section of Scripture as as the preacher, um, who I, again I believe uh, the author is Solomon, uh, King Solomon, as as he begins his journey through finding purpose um, through different uh, different. Whether it be explorations in life, um, different experiences in life, and through those finding purpose. And remember, um, the main question of this book, uh, as we work our way through all of it, is this. What does a man profit from all of his life's work? That is the main question that we will come back to again and again. Now, as we begin in Ecclesiastes 1.12, it's pretty, it's not surprising that because of Solomon and of his great wisdom, um, that we begin with wisdom. And um, the the chunk that we're going to look at, first section, is chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, under kind of a subtitle of Understanding the World Through Wisdom. I'll give you just a moment uh, to push pause and read, again, Ecclesiastes one. 12 verses 12 through 18. Okay, hopefully you've had a chance to push pause, do that, uh, and have read that section of scripture. Now, as we look to this section, verses 12 through 18 of chapter 1, we're going to break it down um, into two further sections, um, the first of which will be verses 12 through 15. And in these two sections, what what the preacher does is he uh, he he does what he sets out to do um, in his search, what he discovered from that search, and then he concludes um, that search with a proverb. And the first section, you could probably break it down in this way. Um, he used wisdom as a lens to understand reality, and that's pretty well spelled out for us there in verse twelve. And what he came to as he concluded this in verse 15 with his Proverbs after this search is it's an interesting passage of Scripture talking about um, what is crooked, can't be straightened out, what is lacking, cannot be counted. Um, the first part of that proverb, you get the... You get the the key to understanding it in chapter 7, verse 13, where it says that man cannot straighten out what God has bent or what God has made crooked. Um, in other words, that's not in our ability or our power to do. And then when you get to the second part of that proverb in verse 15, um, it says, what is lacking cannot be counted. That Hebrew word for lacking is actually a deficit. And it, what it amounts to is how foolish it is, is to count something as if there there was a surplus instead of a deficit. Uh, we talked about in class just for a moment how that's kind of how our government works, interestingly enough. And it is it is foolish. It is not wise. So the first section, uh, viewing 
to trying to use wisdom as a lens to understand reality was was in the end kind of a failure on the part of the preacher um, Kohalith, uh, who, as we've said, is King Solomon. The second section, verses 16 through 18, uh, is this, considering wisdom itself. And what he does here is he tries to dig very deeply to separate wisdom from madness and folly. Um, we see that in verse 17. Uh, now, now, understand madness in these terms, in this with this definition. Madness is a boastful arrogance opposed to God, and folly is the antithesis of wisdom. And what what the preacher was trying to do was be wise and avoid the traps that catch unwise people. Um, and he concludes this in verse 18 with another proverb, and, and basically the proverb states the problem of this. Knowing does not mean controlling. In other words, a great capacity for knowledge and being able to observe the world, see what is folly, see what is madness, see what is what is not that, and coming to the conclusion of what that is does not mean that you then have been given the ability to control what takes place in the world. So we're going to come full circle to wisdom um, again here in a moment, but he, he uses wisdom as a lens here for a moment and wisdom itself those experiments were not successful. So now he moves to something else in chapter 2. In chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, we can break it down in this way. Um, He searches for profit, real eternal profit, through joy, work, and, um, and it's interesting to say it in this way, finding profit in profit, but that is the point. Joy, work, and profit, what he gets from his work. Um, so if you want to take the time to read chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, I'll give you a moment to do that. Press pause, read that, then get, then, then get back to here with us. Okay, hopefully you've had a moment to, to do just that and um, read through those verses. Now, there's something we need to understand here from the beginning. Um, Pleasure is not really, it is an accurate translation, but it's not a helpful translation when we look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. Because when we think of pleasure, it's just, it's it's not accurate, but where we go is we think of something forbidden or questionable, where the Hebrew word actually behind that pleasure word means joy. And, 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 And things that bring us joy are not the problem. Pursuit solely of those things can be a problem, though. And then when you look into verse 3, this is this is a very confusing verse to me, if you have that in front of you. Um, so in order to, to do, a, I think, a really good job of explaining what verse 3 is getting at, I'm going to read from the commentator, Provan, and, um, and just you're going to hear some rustling of papers here. I hope that doesn't bug you. Um, I'm going to read what he has to say, kind of a, an alternate translation of, of this verse. And... Um, Take a, take a look at this. See what you think. The double path that Koalith walks is better brought out by the following partial translation of chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. I said in my mind, come let me test you with joy to see what is good. I searched with my mind to lead along my body with wine, I myself shepherding my mind with wisdom, and to grasp folly until I saw what was good. And what he's getting at here is he treads one path with his body while taking another with his mind, hoping in his intoxicated state to experience the full depths of folly and to arrive at 
discernment. And as, as crazy as that sounds, that is something that the author attempts to do. So verse 3 of chapter 2 shows us what he's going to do, and then verses 4 through 9 give us the details of verse 3. So again, I hope you've already read verses 4 through 9. I'm going to read again from Provon and what he has to say about his effort of, of, of seeking through through this 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 lens of joy uh, in life and trying to find out, separate what is folly and what can be taken from those pursuits um, that that would have um, eternal benefit um, or profit. Okay, Um, this is what Provon has to say. He says, he put superhuman effort into what he did. Houses, vineyards, gardens, and parks are all mentioned. The last of these words, pardis, derived from the Persian word paridesa, an enclosure from which we ultimately derive our word paradise. Paradise is indeed evoked by the reference to the trees that fill these gardens and parks watered by their reservoirs, a world that was then populate a world that was then populated by the king's own people, male and female slaves, and the children born to them. So basically what we have here is the author, the preacher, going to huge, huge effort. He had the resources to do this because well, sometime when you have an opportunity, take a look at 1 Kings chapter 3 through 11. And this is talking about the prosperous reign of King Solomon. And you would see that he absolutely had the resources to do these experiments. So his conclusion in verses 10 and 11 of this big experiment is this. He did find some joy from these pursuits, um, these pursuits of 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 whether it be pleasure, whether it be work, whether it be profit from that. But here's the deal. He did not find anything substantial, um, profit, joy that would last. So we go from there to chapter 2, verses 12 through 16, and this could be subtitled, A Further Look at Wisdom, because he kind of comes full circle back to wisdom after this search with, with pleasure. Um, so take an opportunity to read, take this opportunity to read chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. I'll give you a moment to do that. Press pause and do that, and we'll be back with you in a second. Okay, um, I hope you had a chance to read those verses. And it says, if, if we look at that closely, um, verse 13 will tell us that there is profit from wisdom. Um, but it is a shallow profit. It is a temporary profit that will die with me. And because and what he says that is he brings that all, makes it very clear in the close of this section by saying this, what happens to both the wise and the foolish in the end? They have the same end when it comes to this earth. They both die. Um, so they're, even for all of the wisdom that the wise have, in the end, they're no different than the foolish. Both of them die. So that leads us to our concluding section um, that we're going to look at. And it's chapter 2, verses 17 through 26. And we'll subtitle that, From Despair to Satisfaction. Um, from despair to satisfaction. So, Ecclesiastes 2, 17 through 26. Press pause on this and um, take a moment to read that. We'll be right back with you. 
Okay, hope you had a chance to read that. Verse 17, take a look at that. Oh my goodness, those are some strong words of an experienced individual. And what I mean this is somebody who's lived a lot of life. Um, this is written from the perspective of, of someone, of King Solomon, I believe, who has, who has had the opportunity in life to experience a lot of things, try a lot of things, and... Goodness gracious, that is a pretty pessimistic view. Uh, a word strong used as strongly as, as hate. Um, if you look at verses 18 to, through 23, I, I remember hearing a sermon uh, many years ago, and I had it actually this written in my, my old Bible um, in, that, in that section of how that could very much be the confessions of a workaholic. Um, because what amounts to is you got somebody who's, who, who is addicted to their work, who does it very well, who spends a life of doing it, and, and, and that is their goal, and then they die. Here's the problem. All that they have accumulated because of their hard work, what's going to happen with it? Um, who's going to get it next? And who knows if that person is going to be wise or an absolute fool? Um, or as terms of my grandpa would use, he would call a person savvy or an idiot. Um, and who knows who's going to come next. So that, that, that leads to despair. All of this hard work to build something that could be over and done with and spent in merely months. And it's over and done with. Here's the thing, though. That's verses 17 through 23. What our author tells us, what the preacher tells us, is that there is an alternative. Um, in verses 17 through 23, you will see that word we talked about last week, hebel. It's a Hebrew word that's translated in the New American Standard, vanity. It's translated sometimes in the NIV as, as, as meaninglessness or meaningless, and um, it's used four times in verses 17 through 23. In verses 24 through 26, there is a different Hebrew word used to counter those four times that Hebel is used earlier, and that Hebrew word is tab, and it means good. It's translated in the New American Standard in the next few verses of 24 through 26 as better, um, it's translated in a bigger way saying this, tell himself his labor is good, which literally means cause his soul to see his labor is good. And then two times there near the end of this section, we see this word translated as good in his sight. His meaning God's sight. Um, and this is the conclusion that, that the preacher comes to. Food, drink, and work, they are gifts from God. And the humble heart gets this and understands that these are gifts. These aren't things to be pursued greatly and made as a target in life. They are something to be enjoyed humbly as gifts from God during life. And probably the best way to sum this all up, I'm going to give you a quote again from Provom once again, the commentator. And, um, and this is what he has to say uh, about the conclusion of this section. He says this, The fuller dimensions of wisdom on the one hand and madness and folly on the other are now clear. It is madness and folly, indeed sin, to seek for profit from life. And the consequence is misery for those who, suffic who sufficiently, those sufficiently perceptive to see the pointlessness of it. Wisdom, by contrast, acknowledges God and not the self as the center of existence and gladly embraces the limitations of the creature set within the larger, massive reality of creation. 
Reality having been embraced, it is possible to know joy. So I hope that helps as we continue our study through Ecclesiastes. Um, What we'll be taking a look at is chapter 3 tomorrow evening. And basically, the the subtitle we're going to look at that is There's a Time for Everything Under the Sun. Quite possibly the most famous um, passage, (laughs) made famous in part by the Beatles, um, from Ecclesiastes is is part of what we'll go through tomorrow in chapter 3. So hopefully you can join us tomorrow night. Class will be at 7 o'clock. We'll have a meal at 6 o'clock before that. And um, if you want to prep yourself for class, then read chapter 3, because that's what we're going to take a look at. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen today.